From old school to new, from analytics to your gut feeling, and from nuance to a blistering hot take, Cleve, Dave, and Matty Ice present to you Political Football. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to another installment of Political Football, which is a Matty Ice Media Network production. I am Matty Ice. Cleve and Dave will join me momentarily, but first, a little bit of business. If you want to connect with the show, Instagram, Political Football Podcast, is the handle to do so. On Twitter, it is at Matty Ice Media. That is our handle. And of course, visit MattyIceMedia.com for all of the podcasts that we support here at the Matty Ice Media Network, including, hopefully, one day soon, the manual with Cleve Wason. So, Cleve, <laughs> Dave, uh, how you fellas doing today? I'm uh, doing okay. Cleve, how are you? I'm doing all right, man. I, um... A lot of crazy stuff today, you know. Obviously, with the uh, with the news cycle is going on, but um, the shaman got forty one months. Man, that's yeah, that's no. a lesson to you to not be recognized at a riot. Well, when you show up in what Brian Williams call, calls the Chewbacca mankini, you're gonna get <laughs> you're, you're gonna get recognized pretty quick. Now, forty one yeah. months is not a long time for attacking the Capitol and threatening senators. <laughs> But do we know, is he going to, like, the Martha Stewart, like, country club? Or is he Probably. going to, like, the federal, just awful eyes? Club Fed is what they call it. I've I, I, I unfortunately know some people that have, have gone to federal prison. And it's it's still prison, nonetheless, but it's, it's a little different. And I didn't know that state prisons are harsher than federal prisons because of the funding the states get from the federal, you know, versus the federal government. So your accommodations may be meager. Can one of you two remind me, was the shaman the guy who needed the all, like, gluten diet or some shit like yeah. that? Wasn't that yes, that guy? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. the guy. With I the mean, horns and the, and the face paint and all that shit. You want to know what I took away from that whole thing, outside of the obvious stuff that we've already talked about. But think about that shaman guy for a minute. And this is the way that you want to portray yourself on national television. Like, you're going away to jail for 40-something months, and the only visions that people have of you is wearing that stupid fucking getup that he put on. Like, think about that for a minute. (laughs) It's amazing. Like, I think I would... (laughs) I don't even know. There, there's so many things that go through my head, but I'm like, that's what you have represented yourself as. And now I will say this. We have represented ourselves in some pretty weird ways around here, obviously backing the Lions uh, to win seven games this year, which Jesus. we will get to a little bit later. You know, I have obviously had a major rant over a team that seems to want to win the AFC. So we've all been in a position where we've looked bad, but not nearly that bad. It's just incredible that that's the way that he wanted to portray himself. And I just kept thinking to myself, his mother must be so fucking proud. There was drone footage of this guy everywhere because he could be spotted everywhere. Like he, they had so much surveillance on this guy. I'm like, why did you wear that? <laughs> it's like the criminal who wears his Letterman jacket to rob a convenience store and it's got his fucking last <laughs> name on it. Like what a dope. I just, I don't know. I just, I, I saw yeah. the, the verdict and I just was like, you hate to see it. You're going to look like a jackass for the rest of your life and you're going to be in prison, possibly dropping the soap as often as possible because it's not going to be some organic soap that he's probably used to using at his mom's yeah. house on her fucking dime. Fuck that guy. I, uh, he like dressed like he was going to a terrorist convention and not to like <laughs> a terrorist plot. It was, either, time, sir. it was either that or he was going to be on that, uh, was it like the AMC show Vikings or some shit like that. Like he also looked <laughs> like that too. Oh, it's just incredible. But 
anyways, me and John Gruden are going to be the senators from Kansas in 2026. So You're probably <laughs> right about that, but I don't yeah. know how you fellas felt. Now, we'll get into the game breakdown, of course, in momentarily, but I felt like this week was really strange in the NFL. And I feel like the last two weeks have been like your prototypical. Well, that's just the NFL where good teams seem to lose. We had a couple of teams get right and then a bunch of crap. How did you guys see this week? So that's exactly what I have. My first note is that the trend this week was uh, teams we thought would be good going into the season, but were doing poorly, showed up, and they beat quality opponents. Now, we had three of those off the top of my head this week. And then, like you said, Matt, last week we had some teams that put up clunkers, Mm -hmm. came back this week against far inferior opponents, and just put a whooping on them. Um, Unfortunately, Cleveland Bills count as one of those. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, you know, when you... (laughs) When you got to beat up with your little brother in the division, it's it's like that. It's like, hey, mom, he's hitting me again. I mean, I expected that. But at what point does Robert Sala get a pass? I know he's in his first year, rookie coach. The stuff with Rex Ryan didn't didn't help things, I guess. But, you know, Rex is my guy. I love Rex. At some point, man, a football team has to show up in some semblance of a football team. Like, There's no fight in this team. There's no fight at all. So at the risk of getting a little bit out of order, I want to make two counterpoints. One is that as a Lions fan, I can tell you teams do not have to show up ever. That's true. They can actually go full <laughs> seasons without ever showing up. It is possible. Uh, and second, because I do want to go back to last Thursday night first, we do want to talk about a team that did show up, and that is uh, Cleve's Miami Dolphins. Defeating the yeah. Baltimore Ravens 22 to 10. Now, Cleve, Jacoby Brissett gets hurt in this game. So, Tua, who was the emergency quarterback, comes in and leads the Dolphins to a win over Baltimore. What do you have to say for yourself? When he's pressed in, he's pressed in. I'm still not sold on the guy. And again, it's not because I think he sucks. And I, I, I want to make that clear. I just think that I just think that um, he's not durable. And I, I thought that with him coming into the league. But um, yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, as, as Matt always says, a, a blind squirrel will find a nut sometimes. And he found his nut last week. Be- beating the Ravens on a primetime game is not a squirrel finding a nut. That is a squirrel punching a lion in the mouth. Well, that's that's more on the Ravens not showing the fuck up. That's on them. (laughs) Yeah, it is. Matt, what do you think? Well, so I wanted to bring up this point because I heard a point made about the Steelers this week coming off of a, quote, short week. I want to say this. A short week is when you have to play on Thursday night. Like, that's a truly short week. I don't really feel as if Monday night to Sunday is a short week, but the Thursday night game is a short week. So I think you can kind of give a little bit of a pass to the Ravens on that short week, and you have to give credit where credit is due for for Tua to come in there and win that football game. But I don't feel like it is a result that, to me, says anything bad about the Ravens. It just says that perhaps the Dolphins, if they had a healthy Tua all season long, would certainly be better than three and seven and capable of beating some of the cream of the crop in the AFC. But I think this is another loss, like we talked about last week, that's really going to potentially hurt playoff seeding. And that number one seed is going to be critical to getting to the Super Bowl. And the Ravens really can't afford to lose another game like this, especially in the conference. Yeah, this theme is going to come up uh, throughout this week, but the entire playoff race, like when we get to week 14, when the when you're watching the games, they put up the in the hunt graphic, it's going to include everybody. I mean, the Jets, the Lions, Alabama, Eastern Michigan, they're all going to be in the hunt for playoff races in the NFL this year. 
it is going to be absolutely, absolutely bonkers. Yeah. And also, if you look at matchups coming up, there's a lot of matchups in the coming weeks that are really going to separate these teams that are in the hunt. And we had a couple of those this week, but there's even more next week. So a little bit of a teaser. So the next game we have here, I thought this game was pretty boring. And I'm man, I'm sure you agreed with me. We had the Saints 21 at the Titans 23. So the Saints have no Jameis, no Michael Thomas, and no Alvin Kamara. And they still put up a decent effort on the road. But it's just, it, it just wasn't enough. And the Titans, like, they're, they're going to make the playoffs now. They're like eight and two. Yes. Something ridiculous. So they're eight and two. And the number one seed for them is critically important because mm-hmm. we are going into week 11. Derrick Henry, given the original timeline, is out four to eight more weeks. So he will be back sometime between week 15 and week 19. Could be his last week out. Week 19 is the wild card round. Right. So if they get the number one seed, given the timeline they're on, they are guaranteed to have Derrick Henry back for all their playoff games, which would be a disaster for everybody else in the AFC. Yeah. But if they don't, they might have to play the wild card round, which would be a home game for them, but still without Derrick Henry. Two things about this, man. We know football speed or, or what they call game ready. Derrick, Derrick would have been out, what, eight weeks? Something like that. 10 um, at the worst case, yeah. Yeah, 10, yeah. So he may be just a goal line threat at that point, but I don't expect him to run rough shot coming off that injury. I did, I did some research on the injury and it's, you know, but again, we've seen freaks of nature like Adrian Peterson when he had the ACL come back in the same year. The other thing about that is Vabral should get coach of the year because they got like 22 guys on, on IR. I think like half their team is hurt, bro. <laughs> He's coaching up a fucking storm over there. Oh, he's 100% in the running. But by the way, I just want to point out, we talked about the QAnon guy. Cleve, you did your own research. Good for you, buddy. (laughs) Hey, Aaron Rodgers, baby. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so I don't have much else to say to say on this game, except I did say a couple weeks ago, last week, time is a flat circle, that the Panthers have a chance to make the playoffs because they could run down the Saints because the Saints have nobody left, really. And this result sort of goes, goes towards that. I agree. And I feel like the Saints are really teetering now because if the playoffs started today, they'd be in. Talk to us in two weeks, maybe three weeks. I don't think that's going to be the case because while Trevor Simeon is okay, they can't survive without Kamara very long. They were already on walking a tightrope with him and Trevor Simeon. It's just bad luck. They lost their quarterback. It happens every year to a team and it just happened to be the Saints. And so we don't really have a good gauge on how good the team is overall because they're not playing with a full deck. And Tennessee keeps on fucking winning, man. I swear. It's like they're listening to the show. (laughs) I mean, damn it. To lose your to lose your quarterback, your top running back and your top wide receiver like the Saints have. Yeah. Most teams would not be competitive at all if that happened. Right. Right. I mean, the Chiefs don't have Edwards Hilaire right now, but take away Tyreek and Mahomes. Now you got Chad Henney throwing to Demarcus Robinson. They're losing by a lot more than two points on the road to Tennessee. I mean, we saw the Cowboys without Dak. Take away Dak, CeeDee Lamb, and Zeke. I mean, Tony man, Pollard. That's number one running back. Man, the fucking Jets got everybody. and They still can't. They still can't win a game. Yeah, but seri- serious question, though. Like, what's it going to take to kill the damn Titans? They're like the cow and me, myself, and Irene when he just can't get rid of them and the thing keeps coming back to life. What's it going to take? Because it's Derrick Henry, then it's Julio Jones. What's it going to be next? Like, is it going to be A.J. Brown and Tannehill's going to be firing bombs all over the field to God knows who? And they're going to trade for Mercedes Lewis to bring him back to where he started his career? Hey, Marcus Johnson had five catches for 100 yards in this game for the Titans, I will have you know. Sure. Wow. Sounds great. (laughs) 
All right. So yeah, well, well, I mean, we'll, we're going to have to talk about the Titans because they're they're going to be a factor in the end. In fact, they are the team in the entire league right now most likely to make the playoffs. Wow. Is that one of the worst home field advantages of the teams that are in the hunt right now? Because that doesn't seem like a scary place to play at all. But I don't necessarily know that. It doesn't seem like one of those places that you're like, you don't want to go to Nashville in January. <laughs> no, it's probably temperate. I mean, the thing about playing the Titans anytime is you don't want to play against Derrick Henry. Correct. Yeah. And yeah. you guys both know that if he's got this foot injury, he's in a wheelchair stiff arming people left and right to make sure he's got that power <laughs> when he comes back. <laughs> So the next game we have here, we have the Bills 45 at the Jets 17. Jesus. Uh, now, we started on this a little bit now, but Cleve, I do have a, a question for you going back to last week with you discussing Buffalo. Would you yeah. like to talk some more shit about the Bills or have you learned your lesson? It's the fucking Jets, bro. It's the Jets. <laughs> <laughs> they get a pass because it's the Jets. The Jets is the Jets is like a practice squad that just comes out and Alabama like would just roll on them. It, it It's... I mean, in all seriousness, man, I don't even know what to cheer for because it's just heartbreaking, man. It's like they chant Mike White. Mike White comes in, throws four picks. Now they're chanting Flacco. (laughs) What else are we going to do here? What's going on? So the thing the thing about this is that the Jets are really bad. So you should actually be rooting for them to lose out <laughs> and get the best draft pick possible. Because it's not like they're building towards something this year. It's not like if they go like they're not going to go seven and ten. Right? Mm-hmm. What's their ceilings? Four wins? Then just stick with two wins and and pick better. You know what I mean? So Cleve, you've gone through the Lions this year, the Jets this year. What team are you going to adopt now? Are you going to go for the Texans? Well, the Browns are my adopted team because, you know, I I like Baker. We'll get to them later. Yeah, I mean, having a double down of two bad teams, it's, I think Dave and I talked offline a couple weeks ago, it's it's brutal. It's brutal to be a Jets fan, it's brutal to be a Lions fan, but the two of them together... Jesus. It's yeah, still no, two it's a- still it's it's still two wins. It's still two wins and the Jets have the two wins. <laughs> like, well the Jesus. Lions and Jets combined for seven <laughs> wins this year. Man. You have- know what? Let's talk late let's talk later for action for that. <laughs> <laughs> I have a really no. I have a really funny stat for later when we talk about the Lions. So we'll get into okay. that later. I have a really funny staff right now when we talk about the Jets. Go White Mike, 24 of 44, 251 yards, <laughs> no touchdowns, four picks. Yeah, it, it, it's one of those cases where I know everybody hyped it up and it got juiced up pretty quick, but then he he involved himself in that for no for, for one game. So he <laughs> deserves the beat down on Twitter that he got because it's like, it's seriously, you don't crown yourself after one game, after one great game. I, you played your lights out, but then reality showed up. But he say I should have been the number one overall pick. Sure. Yeah, yeah, you don't say. Yeah, you don't say stuff like that throwing four picks. What did you call it, Dave? <laughs> Mediocre white person confidence or something yeah. like that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, not, not person. This is man. Yeah, but, but carrying yourself with the confidence of an average white man. We talk about like people with a lot of money, like Bill Gates, who were born on third and think they hit a home run, or Elon Musk. Average white men, it's the same thing. Like, okay, you accomplish a little bit, but you got every single advantage in society given to you. Like, you're not that great, and that's and that's what Mike White Mike is here. He's like, I should have been the first overall pick. No asshole, Lamar Jackson should have been the first overall pick. You got picked three. You should have been Mister Four Interceptions. Shut up. Not to mention the fact that um, the other white Mike in my life, my brother-in-law, said that he got cut from the Cowboys, didn't he? Like, he didn't. He couldn't even make the Cowboys, and that's how he ended up on the Jets. But it is funny though because I went to my brother-in-law's house this week. And to help him move some furniture and i walked in the door and he just goes white mike and i was like oh you're adopting it too okay great <laughs> so he's all over it but man that was a really really bad performance like he came all the way down 
I have to ask, you think that when his jersey got into the Hall of Fame, somebody from his family circle went immediately to Canton to take a picture of it because they knew it wasn't going to be there for very fucking long? They're like, we got to make sure this is in there because he's going to fuck this up royally. <laughs> I mean, maybe. Shifting gears a little bit, I do want to talk about uh, the Bills here because they did respond to Cleve's trash talk. Now, Cleve, you were talking trash about Josh Allen. He goes 21-28, yeah. 366 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. And then your boy Stephon Diggs, eight catches, 162 yards and a touchdown. Welcome to 2021, Mr. Diggs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, finally. He had a good game. Yeah, he had a, he had a great game. On one of the Jet sites that I follow, and this is this is so brutal. Remember the scene from um from um Every Given Sunday when um Jenny Fox uh is told how's his, how's your invisible juice now for LL Cool J's character? Someone said that to White Mike. How's your invisible oh. juice now? <laughs> Fucking brutal. Damn. Wow. Um, <laughs> Jesus. Christ. Well, at least he's not seeing ghosts out there. Yeah, it's just. It, I mean, the hits keep on coming. Literally, no pun intended. Okay, so we're gonna move on now from Cleve's loser team to my Jesus. team, which is not a loser. <laughs> it is the Lions sixteen and the Steelers sixteen. And first of all, this game should count as two losses for each team. <laughs> are you kidding? Or are you being? Are you being uh, no? This, this was pathetic. So Megan and I, her aunt and uncle, were in town. They were here for the proposal a little over a month ago, but they came back because they hadn't really been to D.C. before. So huh. on Sunday, we went in the morning, like to the gallery of art, looking at stuff or whatever. So for the end of the 1 p.m. games, we went to Theismann's. Uh, for the listeners, Joe Theismann's got a place here in Alexandria. Yeah. So we go there, sports bar, good food, whatever. We're hanging out, not a sponsor. So it's like the four of us, all Lions fans, and there's like 12 Steeler fans there. And it was unbelievable the amount of trash I was talking every time <laughs> the Lions win because the Steelers kept screwing up. And like, you're playing the Lions. Like, this is on you that this game is even close in the fourth quarter. <laughs> so I'm just like talking all this trash and being like, that's why you're the new Browns and all this. Oh, man. You're going oh, ham, yeah. bro. And I was like, I was picking like, was I going to stand on the bar or the table to sing the fight song when the Lions won the game in overtime? Like, I'm like about to really get into it. And that 48-yard field goal attempt from the Lions in overtime might be the worst 48-yard field goal attempt I've ever seen. (laughs) It's just absolutely, absolutely terrible. And it was interesting because Megan doesn't really follow football at all, Mm -hmm. but she's now watched one and a half Lions games. She watched the game in LA that we went to, and then she watched this half of the game. And she was like, later, (laughs) she was like, it just seems like Jared Goff doesn't know how to lead the team and make the other players do what they're supposed to do. He's making Jeff Fisher look like a fucking genius. Yeah, and Jeff, so I'm like... Jeff Fisher called it. And I'm like, yeah, that's a pretty good and succinct take just from like <laughs> glancing at Jared Goff here for for a little bit. And then she trolled the shit out of me later Oh, Matt Stafford made a throw in the Monday night game and she was like why is she get a quarterback like him oh man <laughs> but uh not much not much else happened for for Matthew in that game which we'll get to later but yeah, no that was it that was it that was the only that was the only thing that happened but yeah no this game looked like two bad Mac teams playing on a Tuesday night this was terrible um Another note that I have here is that Dwayne Haskins cannot be worse than Mason Rudolph. Right. And and if he is, they should both just go apply at UPS. Yeah. No, I was asking myself that the whole time because my wife asked like, hey, who's the backup for the Steelers? And I said, I thought it was Dwayne Haskins. Apparently it's not. And apparently they think that Mason Rudolph is the guy. 
But I have a couple of thoughts on this game. First of all, I jinxed myself last week by saying that the Bills-Jags game couldn't be topped for worst game on Red Zone. I was wrong. Even though they scored more points than both of those teams did combined, this game was laugh out loud terrible. And it was so true in the fact that neither team wanted to win. And you know what, though? The Lions had their full complement of offensive players and should have been able to pull this damn game out. Because Swift looked really good, right? Like DeAndre Swift had a really great game, I think, right? But Jared Goff can't throw the ball. He can't even throw the ball as far as White Mike can throw the ball. And yeah, what is his fucking problem? I don't like, get he, it, man. Is he hurt? Like, what the fuck's wrong with he's him? Not hurt. He, no, he's not hurt. He's just not good. Like, I think he, he's golfful. Let's put it that way. Um, I've, I've used <laughs> that one before. But, um, and the other thing is for me watching it on Red Zone, which again, I can't get the flow of the game, but it didn't seem like either team thought that they had to do enough to win the game in overtime. Does that make sense? Where it's like, yep. are either of these teams playing for the win? Because they both are playing like they don't know that this can end in a tie. And then after the game, we find out that Steelers rookie Najee Harris says, I didn't know that that could happen. And I immediately thought to that Dave Chappelle um, comedy thing yes. where he's like, I didn't know I couldn't do that. And it's like, how? And I, I genuinely ask this question, not to make fun of Najee Harris, but genuinely ask, if you are, you know, you're playing at Alabama, you play for Nick Saban, right? How do you not know that the NFL can end in a tie when you're going to be in the NFL. I just don't understand it. And Dave, I think you made an astute point that it's probably down to coaching, but it's like, I don't understand that. Like the NFL has had ties in its, uh, in its game for fucking ever. That should be a fucking Wonderlic test. Like that should be on the Wonderlic test. Seriously. So I think this is actually revealing that Najee Harris didn't know the game could end in a tie. Theoretically, Mike Tomlin knows games can end in ties. <laughs> One would hope. This means that, like, the macro strategy of what the team is doing is not filtering down to the players because huh. otherwise they would, because, like, you're calling plays knowing that time is going to run out, right? So the macro strategy is not being communicated to the players. And to me, that's just a huge glaring oversight. And I made the point in our text thread that I bet that all the players on the Patriots know those games can end in ties. I bet all the players on the Chargers know. I bet all the players on the 49ers know. How can you not know the basic structure and rules of the game when those structures and rules dictate what you're supposed to do? Like, you have to know when to get out of bounds and when to stay in bounds and when to run up and spike the ball and when to call a timeout. How can you not know the game needs to end in a tie? But these are fundamental things that they're supposed to know. And this is one of the things that has always stood out as far as how Belichick coaches is situational football. And it amazes me how many teams and franchises don't seem to know these particular situations. Now, you get situations like last week in the Cowboys game with that weird block punt that went forward and ended up being a muff punt. Those things happen. Somebody was fishing through the rule book to find out that that was a real thing. But as far as these situations, it's like, all right, we've got 15 minutes to score. Let's get the fucking score. Like, what are we dicking around for? And then all those turnovers in overtime. And it's like, how are you dropping the ball with like 16 seconds to go? Like, how are you fumbling? I was just like, I, I was so frustrated. And I don't even root for either team. But it was like, this is almost offensive to me as a football fan watching this. Because it doesn't seem like either team wants to win. And it doesn't seem like either team knows that you can win. It's weird. <laughs> so the question is, should should I be friendly and let this game count as a win for the bet, even though it's not really a win? Oh, no, 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 it's not a win. It's not a win. I was going to say, if you kissed your sister, would that be would that count as like your first kiss? Hell no. <laughs> 
I'm an only child. Y'all are weird. I'm an only child too. I'm just saying, like, tying is like kissing your sister. Come on. Oh my god, you fucking guys. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, but here's the thing: if the Lions get seven ties, we'll call that a win for Cliff. Yeah, <laughs> and he still wouldn't fucking know that you could end in a tie. That would be incredible if they went oh eight and nine or whatever it was or some shit like that. But I don't know if you guys saw the stat that I sent you about Jared Goff's record without Sean McVay. I think he's like yeah, 0, 15 yeah. and one. Yeah, it's glaring, bro. It's glaring. That's really bad. It's glaring. Well, we're gonna we're gonna get to the Lions game coming up next week because it is critically important, although not for the Lions. Uh the next game here we have Matt's favorite division, the Jags 17 at the Colts 23. Uh we don't need to spend too much time on this game, but the Colts jumped out to a big lead by using Jonathan Taylor. He had 20 DraftKings points in the first half, and then like they stopped giving him the ball, yep. even though they were winning, and the Jags had a chance to to come back. But my note here is more of a over overarching thing for the league. I have the Bills, Titans, Ravens, Chiefs, Bengals, Steelers, Chargers, Browns, and Patriots. Do you guys think the Colts are better than any of those teams? Nope. I don't. I don't they're inexplicably five and five. Right. Yep. So that's nine teams all in the AFC that we think are better than the Colts. So and the Colts are not going to win their division. They're three back with a tiebreak loss to the Titans. Does it even matter what Indianapolis does? Like, are they going to make the playoffs? Like, are they going to get up past two of these squads to get in there? No, but they might play spoiler no. for one of these teams, like because they do yeah. have to play the Patriots yeah. later in the season. So they they might play spoiler. But even if they make it in, who gives a shit? They're not going to do anything. Yeah, that's what I'm saying though. Like, which of these two teams that do we drop to make room for the Colts? Like, there's it's it's, it's not happening in my as of right now. Like, this would be uh, uh, a sight to see. So, do you guys have any other thoughts on this uh, AFC South showdown? Yes, Carson nope. went through with his left hand a fucking again, and I'm like, why is he doing that? Why is he trying to throw with his opposite hand? He's a fucking moron. Listen, just because he can use both hands doesn't mean you should make fun of him for being amphibious. That's not what it is. He's like he's switching hands to try and throw left-handed. Dude, you're not left-handed. Stop yeah, you're not, doing yeah, that. You're not that guy. You're not that guy. You're not that guy. This one didn't end up in guy. a pick six, but the other one was a soul-crushing pick six that ended up losing them the division. Like, I just... It was so, <laughs> but the other thing that, that sticks out to me is I love it. Every time something happens positively for Urban Meyer, he looks like, holy shit, that worked. And the Delta, <laughs> the Delta between Dave, you were so right. The Delta between him as a college coach and him at the NFL is cavernous. It's amazingly deep. It's like the Delta between me hosting the show and me leading the D-Day invasion. <laughs> it's just it's incredible. And like, he looks like, holy shit, that worked. Let's do that again. And then they can't repeat it. The urban and, cowboy. And that is what would happen to me at Omaha Beach. I'm like, holy shit, this is working. <laughs> and then that'd be that. Mm. I'm, a, I'm a Michigan fan. I got to have the World War II jokes. Now, the next game here we have is uh, important for seeding reasons. We have the Bucks 19 at the football team 29. Last year, the Bucks came off their bye and they never lost again. This year, they came out of their bye looking like boiled ass. Yes, they so, did. <laughs> like, does this portend bad things for them going forward that they're not catching that sort of hot streak that they did last year? Or is it just like small sample size? Who cares? They could have lost the game last year. It doesn't matter. They look past those guys. They look. They they literally look past those guys, and you know that's what happens when you when you pick this guy in the bag. They looked very 
unbox like. I mean, they I'll like say yeah. they look like frauds in your in, in your marvelous words last year. They look like frauds. <laughs> so uh, the Bucks D in this game, I've already like talked about Brady only nineteen points. The defense was awful for the Bucks in this game. Taylor Heineke was looking like White Mike in his prime. Twenty six of thirty two, two hundred fifty six yards, a touchdown, and no interceptions. So yeah, I think that what's what's catching up with the Bucks now. That secondary has been ravaged. They have a lot of injuries. So I think the defense has been struggling a little bit more than we saw last year. They were really solid on defense and they've lost a few weapons on offense, especially Antonio Brown. And Dave, you said coming into Mm -hmm. the season that Antonio Brown was going to be a huge piece for them because he'd really found himself and found a groove with this team. And then losing him for the rest of the year is critical for them. And I think Gronk, I don't know if Gronk was out again, but I know he's been out lately. One of the things that keeps Brady looking like Brady is having all of those weapons. We saw what Brady looked like his last year in New England when he was thrown to Nikhil Harry, right? So <laughs> it's true, though. And yeah, some no, of that's the, true. Some of the throws that Brady was making, I don't know if he was pressing, but they did not look like he, they looked in the first six or seven weeks of the season. Something has stopped, and I don't necessarily think it's Brady having fallen off this precipitous cliff, although I did jokingly say that he looks old, but that's not really, I don't think, what's happening. But I think that the magic that that team had was playing excellent defense, which didn't happen in this game, and Brady having a lot of weapons and continuing to be accurate. And I think some of that has dipped a little bit. It's the middle of the season. He's 44. The team has been on a long run. When you make the Super Bowl, you're playing later than a lot of the other teams, right? Some of that stuff might be catching up to this team. And I think it's going to be tough because now, again, they're at a severe disadvantage when it comes to playoff seeding because of the fact that they've lost a couple games and it seems like they've lost a step. Yeah, no, I totally agree. The other um, thing, like teams aren't intimidated by Tampa Bay right now. They're not like, oh, this is the juggernaut that rolled through the second half of the season and won the Super Bowl and came to this season on fire. Teams just are not intimidated by them. However, they play the Giants this coming week, so they're gonna they're gonna have an opportunity to uh, get right. The other note on this game is that Chase Young tore his ACL, so he is out for the season for the football team. And that is, you know, we don't talk about de- defensive players as much here, or in general, they're not talked about as much because of fantasy and stuff like that. But that is like the Derrick Henry injury, the Christian McCaffrey in- injury. The Kyler Murray injury like the team is really not set up to not have him the football team defense could actually go from being slightly worse than average which they are now to actually being like terrible with this with this injury I was actually going to say that that losing him takes them like he was probably keeping them slightly Mm -hmm. near average and not having him is just I mean you have nothing to fear in that defense right now and if the defense isn't going to be able to play average there's no way that Heineke in the offense is going to be able to do anything because there's so much (laughs) pressure on both sides of the football and it's kind of what the Bucks are going through to a different degree the defense is playing more average than above average and it just it does put a lot of pressure on the offense when you're when your defense is not playing up to the level that they're used to and I think that's just what we're seeing but it's not as if Washington's figures figured something out yeah you know? no I agree hey clean you're old do you think that Tom Brady is over the hill now when he's falling off a cliff or is it just like a short-term thing I think given you know we talk about Super Bowl currency around here given his level of um, his, his achievements and what he's done he's entitled to have a bad game he's entitled to look a little off if this is anybody else, you know, this is not like White Mike. This is Tom Brady we're talking about. And like you said, he's going to throw a thousand yards against the, against the fucking Giants next week. So <laughs> he'll be fine. I'm just tickled <laughs> that you said he has currency. He's like Scrooge McDuck with currency in the mm. Super Bowl. I mean, for number fuck's one sake, dime, right? he's printing the currency. Come on now. Yeah, yeah. He's getting paid a Bitcoin now, too. So he's got all the all the good currency. 
So we got Tom Brady who had a bad game, but has infinite Super Bowl in digital currency, so he can get a pass. Baker Mayfield does not have any currency of any sort yet, and he played terribly in this game against the Patriots. The Browns 7 at the Patriots 45. And before I go to uh, Matt for his just windmill dunks all over the place, I do want to get this takeoff, which is that the Patriots now, they're in the position now of those Eli Manning giant teams that beat them 10 to 15 years ago. They're above average, but not special, but playing very well. I think the Patriots could lose nine games or they could win the Super Bowl. And this is the most chaotic team in the league. They're just boring. Yeah, but not sexy. Damn it. Six and four. We all saw this. We all saw this coming. But I'm actually very tempered on this one because the score and the lopsided nature of it and even the winning streak don't have me feeling any different in the team about the team than I did earlier in the season. I think that right now they're playing a little bit over what I thought they would be at this point. I still think that the playoffs are in play for them. Sure, they could win the Super Bowl, but I don't think this is the kind of thing where the Patriots in 2001 surprised everybody. Belichick was a relative non-commodity as it related to being an NFL head coach. Obviously, Brady was not what we know of him now. That team was a bunch of nobodies, and that team was also boring, by the way. And this team is not going to surprise anybody because Bill Belichick has six Super Bowls, right? And we all know what they're capable of, and you know what is coming in or where you're going when you go to New England. And so this is a, a thing where it's nice to see the result, but I think it's more telling for the Browns than it is for the Patriots. Personally, I felt that way. I felt that it was very telling for the Browns, given the result. And not necessarily the loss, but the lopsided nature of the loss. And I don't think it really says, like, the Patriots are special. It just means, hey, they played a really excellent game against a team that played a really shitty game. But they're going to have a trap game coming up this week on a short week. Mac Jones, though. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah. He is is of the rookie crop that came in. He's the guy. Yeah, the thing about Mac right now is he's doing everything to not, like, he's not not losing football games, which is what I thought the team was going to do throughout the entirety of the season but on top of that it's very clear that he and josh mcdaniels are getting into some kind of a rhythm together and you can tell that the play calling the confidence is there like there's a different feel to the way that he goes about his business on the field than there was in the first few weeks and you can kind of understand that he's a rookie but a lot of the players are speaking very very highly of him and his leadership and you can kind of tell like he went on eei this week and said like you know we have a winning formula and i'm like man bill is not gonna like that like bill's gonna pull you away and be like yo buddy like we haven't figured dress, shit out dress down. come on now you gotta, you gotta get a dress down we're on to the falcons <laughs> and i just feel like you can tell that something is going right but if you look at the schedule they really haven't got a signature win against the team that has been at full strength and you could say the chargers is maybe close to a good win but the chargers have been very inconsistent the browns clearly were not at full strength no nick chubb baker's been hurt baker ends up getting hurt in this game when the game was well out of reach anyway and they played the jets and the the Panthers and the Panthers with Sam Darnold weren't really anything. And they have the Falcons coming up. And even if they win, they're seven and four. But again, they haven't played the cream of the crop yet, but they're going to get their chance later in the season, especially if they play Tennessee and Tennessee is still winning. Yes, without Derrick Henry. But if Tennessee is still winning, you have to consider them viable. And we just haven't seen that quite yet. So while I'm happy with the result, I wasn't exactly like we're going to the fucking Super Bowl, if that makes sense. Cleve, our teams have two total wins between them. This dude's coming off a 38-point win over the team. We all picked to win the Super Bowl. And he's yeah. like, I don't know. I'm not getting too excited yet. Always I'm been that way. For this. Always been that way. He's fucking droopy. I'm happy. 
fucking droopy, bro. Seriously. Take oh. the victory lap, bro. Because I, I, I sure would have. I know Dave would have too. That's because you've already, never been there I before. I already own a Ramondre Stevenson jersey wow. after what he did in this game. <laughs> yeah, he, he looked awesome. For my team. He looked awesome. I'm, I mean, it's not that I'm not happy, but I've also, I hate to say this this way because it sounds like such a dick thing, but I've been there before. And so I know that games in November <laughs> don't really matter unless they win in January. And I've, I've been through so many scenarios where a team has beaten a Brady-led Patriots team and I've had friends of mine come to me and be like, your team's shit. And I'm like, that's fine. Talk to me in January. And then we beat them in January and they're like, I fucking hate Tom Brady. So David and I's laugh was in lockstep. That was that was him getting me back for implying he kisses his hypothetical sister and you were just collateral damage, Cleve. I'm sorry. <laughs> grenade, grenade shrapnel flying everywhere, dude. But Cleve has known me for six years now, and have yeah. I ever once even nah, come dude, off nah, that I, way? Never. Yeah, gentlemen, gentlemen. Like I said, you're better than me. I would actually walk around with replica rings like a jerk off. Just just be that guy. I was about to start throwing DX suckets at Steeler fans at Theismann because the Lions went to overtime. Exactly. And Matt's like, well, we only won by 38. We just got to take a measured response to this. You guys want to hear the biggest dick thing I ever did? And this is really tepid. But when I was in college, we used to go to B-dubs in Blacksburg to watch the playoff games. And we went for, I think it was the 03 divisional game against the Colts. That was that first snow game, I think, where Peyton and that team with Marvin Harrison, Edward James came into Foxborough and it was like 20 to three or something. And there was a Colts fan there and they were giving me a bunch of shit. And I was just kind of like, yeah, you know, we'll see or whatever. So the game ends, you can tell that they're pissed. And as I'm walking out, there's like a giant screen on the way out and they've got the game and the score happens to be in the corner where I can reach it. And I go, hey buddy. And he looks over at me and I just point at that number and just fucking leave. Man. And I I've almost incited a riot. <laughs> Were you wearing a Chewbacca mankini at the time? No, I was you wearing should've. I was wearing a Brady jersey that my dad bought me after the first Super Bowl when, you know, they actually started making them because they hadn't started making them until they won the Super Bowl. <laughs> I still That's have so I, my dad still has my 1994 uh, Drew Bledsoe jersey from way way back in the day I loved Drew wow. which is why I'll be intrigued to watch this documentary because I've seen some of the clips about that first Super Bowl year with Drew and everything I've always had a soft spot for Drew in terms of how he handled all of that. I meant to ask you if the Elvis Gerback picture is, is is in your dad's um, pantheon of, of championships. Uh, no, no. He probably doesn't even know he has it. He probably doesn't even know who Elvis Gerbach is. By the way, I looked up Elvis Gerbach recently, and apparently he's like this huge uh, evangelical like preacher guy. So I will not yeah. be asking him to come on any of the Maddie S Media shows just to be safe. <laughs> Well, how come he didn't pray for a pass interference against Michigan State in 1990 when they yanked Desmond Howard on the two-point conversion? Oh, I like that. Damn, Dave. Wow. How do you really feel about that? I mean, God, are you there? It's me, Ned. Like, you know, what's what's the point if you can't if you can't if you can't get a call every now and again? Um, Serious question, though. Are the Browns done? So yeah. that's actually my next point. The Browns are in a must-win game this week. Absolute must-win. They cannot follow up getting destroyed by the Patriots with a loss at home to the Lions. If this Damn. is where Cleve gets his first win against our unanimous Super Bowl pick, which is yeah, looking dude. like an awful pick, by the way, um, <laughs> yeah. then good Lord. I mean, that works for the show. I, I, I hope, I seriously hope no one laid coin in Vegas or what we said at the beginning of the season. Cleve, we laid coin on DraftKings.com. <laughs> <laughs> it's always at the beginning of the season. 
So, <laughs> yes, I think somebody did, and somebody is us. Um, yeah, so I said last week that I thought the Browns would, re- would be in play for the number one seed in the AFC, and then this week I'm saying if they lose next week, they're done, and the listeners might be like, wow, that's a pretty big shift. Uh, that's not very consistent. Are you flip-flopping? I'm like, no, I'm learning. We got some new data, and it's really bad for them. Yeah. And so, my, my take has shifted with the new data. If the Browns come out and handle their business against Detroit, if they steamroll the Lions like they should, they get Nick Chubb back and he goes for 200 yards and four touchdowns and they just destroy the Lions, then they can use that to springboard into the back half of the season and see what happens. But if they lose to the Lions at home after what happened this week, the spiral is on. It could be really bad. If, if that happens, uh, someone has to post the fact DiCaprio uh, thing. I love that. Oh yeah, B- Baker's not getting paid now, right? Ooh, that's tough, yeah. right? I forgot I mean, about, I forgot about for, contract year. I forgot about that. Uh, it's Holy just, shit, they're going to be in a really Man. tough spot because I don't think again it's all Baker, but they're going to have to make a tough decision. And Cleve, this is what we always talk about when it comes to the market. When you hit the market, matters, and they're going to have a decision of if they're going to keep them. They're going to have to pay the guy. Like, he's not going to sit there and be like, yeah, I'll take a pay cut. I was terrible this year. No, he would be stupid to do that. But it's like, it's it's like he knows he's robbing the bank at that point. He might just put on a handkerchief over his face, get the guns out, and just rob it. I mean, he is kind of a gunslinger, so that kind of works out. (laughs) Anyway, I think we've talked enough about the Browns and Patriots. I'm sorry. I I just, you know, these things are popping in my head because the Browns are a team at five and five that feel like they they get so much media coverage. It's amazing. Well, that's because Odell is out here with his scat play and crazy dad and whatever. So look, I posted (laughs) that. I posted that Nancy Kerrigan, Tanya Harding meme when it said Odell's dad and Cooper Cup. It turns out it was Robert Woods. Well, how was I supposed (laughs) to know that? (laughs) The wrong guy got clipped i felt kind of bad because chrissy's like didn't you show me that meme and i was like Shh, no it was cooper cup it wasn't robert woods but apparently i just got yeah, it wrong poor, the fuck we'll get we'll get to the rams uh here a little Ugh. bit later speaking of bets that we should have made matt we got the falcons three at the cowboys 43 last week we disagreed about what we thought about this game you can't remind the audience what you thought was going to happen i thought it was a trap game for the for the cowboys just because i was like they look bad and they think they're gonna look good and hey, they look great. So, I mean, that's why I don't that this is why I don't bet, but it's also why betting on the NFL in terms of the spread yeah. and so forth is really difficult because game to game, you don't know. I mean, we all probably would have thought the Cowboys were going to put a 40 burger on the Broncos. They didn't. Yeah. So, it's yeah. just it's a get right game for them. And as it was happening, I was like, "Well, I got that one wrong. It yeah. is what it is." Yeah, I did say I did say bet the over on the Cowboys last week, not financial advice. I'm just saying it did. It did come out of my mouth because everything you were saying about the Cowboys, I think actually applies to the Falcons because they're they're bad. I think the Cowboys are actually a really good team. I think so, too. It just I think me, I sometimes have trouble trusting the Cowboys because they've never given us enough evidence to trust them over the course of a season because they've been back. It's kind of like Texas football, just in a different sense. But you're right. They look great. Uh, and the Fal- God, the Falcons look bad. And you know what? Poor Mrs. Ice had to start the actual Maddie Ice in fantasy this week. Point eight five. Wow, man. The, the Lions had four running backs go over that. Um, so... <laughs> The Cowboys, Cleve, I don't know if you got to get in the flow of this game because it's on a red zone or whatever. Yeah. But the Cowboys scored a touchdown to make it 34 to 3 in the first half, and they went for two. Yeah, they, they were. Yeah. That was, that was personal. <laughs> uh, it was actually correct. Mm-hmm. 
And I did not know that like Mike McCarthy would ever be able to figure this out, that he should do this. And I think it's the one thing he learned in the barn was when you get up 34 to three, go for two. And the reason is that 35 to three is a 32 point lead. That's four yeah. touchdowns and four two point conversions. And the Falcons could conceivably have four possessions in the, the next half, right? It's not yeah. likely, but you know, whatever. But going up by 33 is five possessions. And with the Falcons, you can get the ball five times in the second half. Yeah. yeah. It basically ends the game right there. So it was the exact right thing to do. And like my, my head melted when I saw it was Mike McCarthy making this correct decision. Well, don't worry. He won't do that in the playoffs and he'll totally fuck over the Cowboys. But I looked at my brother-in-law and said, I can't. Are you excited to lose to Aaron Rodgers in the divisional round of the playoffs? I know you are at home. And so he uh, he kind of was like, I fucking hate you. But um, <laughs> the other narrative about this game that I completely forgot was this was a revenge game for uh, what's his name? Qu- Quinn, Dan Quinn, because yes, former Falcons coach, but in reverse of what happened in the Super Bowl, he's like, we're getting this big lead. We're not giving it back to him. Yeah, they got 28 to three and decided to actually score. Correct. Uh, score a little, a little bit more. The next game that we have here, hey, Cleve, I have a trivia question for you. Team currently holds the seventh seed in the NFC. Seven seed? Shit. I'll give you a hint. It's a team that I declared in week three would make the playoffs. That will, that will, will or won't? Would. Yes, they will make the playoffs. I said in week three, and I bet it. I, I, I'm drawing blanks. It is the Carolina Panthers. Panthers 34, Cardinals 10. An absolute ass-kicking of Arizona <laughs> by Carolina. And this is the same trend as before, where we thought Carolina would be better than they are, and they just catch a team that's better than them, although without Kyler, maybe not. And yeah. just absolutely put it on them. Um, Christian McCaffrey is insane. He scored 26 DraftKings points and did not score a touchdown. Just just insane. Uh, Cam Newton comes back, scores a rushing touchdown, throws a touchdown to Robbie Anderson. And here's the thing. If Christian McCaffrey stays healthy the rest of the season, Cam Newton's going to quarterback in the playoffs this year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think so. But I think what this shows is that when McCaffrey's healthy, the quarterback almost doesn't matter as long as they're not abysmally bad or hurt. I mean, we we found out yeah. that Darnold was very, very hurt and playing through that yes. injury. But, I mean, they won this game on the road with P.J. Walker of the XFL, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he was the best quarterback in the XFL, though. Little he was. Respect. No, he was. No, he, no, no, no. I'm just saying he was. But I'm saying they came and ass-kicked the Cardinals with P.J. Walker when that's that's a huge precipitous drop-off, at least in terms of, like, talent from Cam or even Darnold, the way that Darnold was playing in the beginning of the season to where they are now. And I liked how they used Cam in this game, where they put him in for those goal-line packages to try to get him sort of acclimated to game speed again. Obviously, he looked good. Uh, the Cardinals, though... That defense didn't look very good where it has looked really tough this season. And obviously they need Kyler back and and Hopkins back ASAP. Like they're not going to be able to compete. I think it's tough to play inspired defense when you know your offense is trash. Yeah. Yeah. I know it is. That's what happened. But they need Kyler back ASAP. Like they, if, if there's a guy who is showing you what value means to your team, that guy not being on the field definitely shows it because look at what happened. Look at what I don't care that they won their first game with Colt McCoy going from Kyler Murray, the way that he was playing to Colt McCoy is a huge difference. Cleve, do you think that we can take anything away from this game for Arizona or is it just, there was no Kyler. There's no new Hopkins. Their opponent's pretty good. And that's that. Yeah. I mean, uh- 
I, I could I could agree with that. Um, you know, giving Cam, like you said, giving Cam the package to get him going, and then having McCaffrey just do McCaffrey. They knew that they were not going to get a, a a response from the Cardinals, like scoring wise. They knew, yeah. so they it was just like you know what, let's let's roll these guys and get the fuck out of here. Christian McCaffrey got pushed out of bounds at the one yard line twice. He could have had <laughs> he could have thrown two touchdowns on the stat line. He had ten catches. Yeah. Like, wow. Holy he, shit! He, he is Jonathan Taylor and Devontae Adams in the same play. It is unbelievable how good how good he is and how valuable he is. And you know, we really, really got to appreciate this year how good they are with him and without him. And the splits are just are just insane. It's, it's a completely different team. Like we have to throw out everything they look like without him. It's it doesn't mean shit going forward for just for uh, judging Carolina. Yeah, Jared Goff right. would be a Hall of Famer if Christian McCaffrey played for the Lions <laughs> because he'd throw to him like 25, 30 times a game and McCaffrey would have like 300 yards. So it's funny, it's funny that you say that, but that's actually what happened because the year they went to the Super Bowl, Todd Gurley was putting yeah. up this sort of usage of these sorts of numbers, mm-hmm. right? He scored like 30 touchdowns. He was getting like six, seven catches a game. Like Gurley was putting up the McCaffrey numbers and made the Super Bowl with Jared Goff. Yeah. He was, but uh, man, McCaffrey's good. Although I did see that they were looking at his leg on the sideline and I was like, uh-oh, Cleve's going to be on the injury bug again if he's out for any significant amount of time. Look out. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, you know, he, he, albeit, you know, use your, use your most dynamic player, feature weapon, but it's like for, for someone to take that kind of, that kind of uh, load and share of, uh, of targets and all of that, like, I mean, you know, gotta, you know, you gotta ride the, you gotta ride the wave, man. Uh, speaking of riding the wave, Minnesota Vikings 27 at the Chargers 20, and Mike Zimmer listens to the show. They threw it to Jefferson, Cleve. They did. Nine catches for 143 yards, and wouldn't you know it, they won the game. His face yeah. is still flat, though. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm... I mean, I hate the Vikings, obviously, but just as, like, just like a fan of football, I am offended at some of these games they've lost now because they didn't throw the ball to Justin Jefferson. This dude is so good. He gets open playing out wide, in the slot, deep down the field, short little crossing routes, mid-level. He is so good, and they finally decided to use him the week after I had a bet on him, but whatever. They finally decided to use him. They win the game. Uh, the Vikings are 4-5. and five. If they, They've lost all five games by less than six points. If they had just used Jefferson correctly, they win at least two more and they're six and three in a decent position. Now they're looking up at Carolina because they couldn't figure this out before. I don't know. As far as the Chargers go, um, the Chargers are, for whatever reason, they are not letting Justin Herbert throw the ball downfield. And I don't know why that is, but this dink and dunk stuff with him is not going to work. Like this dude is like six foot five, 230 with a cannon of an arm. Like, you have to just let him chuck this ball Mm -hmm. down the field. He's like optimal Baker Mayfield. Like, you have to just let him rip it and let him go. And for some reason, they're just not doing that right now. Is it the Eckler effect? Like, are they trying to get him too involved in the offense? Because he can do a lot. He's not quite on the McCaffrey level, but obviously he can do a lot. But you said the dink and dunk stuff, and I noticed that they did try to get him involved a lot in this game when I think you're right. Herbert's strengths are let him stretch the field. I mean, they got the receivers to do it. Stretch the field first and use the safeties and linebackers moving back to do the dink and dunk to Eckler. Yeah, and Eckler is very effective but if they stretch the field and they're allowing a little bit more room for him to move then he's really dangerous and we saw we've seen glimpses of that i mean go back to the browns game 
when they were doing mm-hmm. that. And even earlier in the season, they're just very inconsistent. And I think as sharp as Brandon Staley is, obviously there's something in the in the offensive game plan that is holding them back right now. And they're they're holding on to a playoff spot right now, but it's crowded in the AFC. They're going to have to start winning these football games if they want to compete because they've, you know, they, they have a few tiebreakers that could not go their way. And they lost the, the division this week because the entirety of the AFC West, except for one team lost. We'll get to that bad read that I made last week again later. So, Cleve, I have a take. I want to get your, your thought on this. The Chargers have the feel of a team that can just kind of hang around and then get hot at the exact right time and just rip it all the way through to the end. What do you think? I actually believe that because that's how when, when they had Philip Rivers, that's how they were. That's how they were most of the time. They, they would all season, like, they would not be anything. And all of a sudden, they're showing up week 12, 13, 14. You're like, where where, where this team come from? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, they, they're just like, yeah, they're exactly that. They're, you know, you, that definition fits them. That They're that team that you just like, what? Like, okay, then they're going to play. They're, they're going to get hot any minute now. Yeah, I can just I can see them just not losing a game again after week thirteen. Like yeah. 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, yeah. and the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. They just never lose. And yeah, they win the Super Bowl at home. That's exactly how that fucking team is. That's exactly how they are. Speaking of Phil, yeah. how was he on Monday night? <laughs> Don't ask us. You know we didn't watch. Yeah, I, did, I yeah, didn't either. I, yeah. I'm black. <laughs> I guess I am too because I didn't watch it either. I can't watch it. I was just curious, but I'm, I'm, I was I mean, actually wondering if he was going to announce that they were having their 20th or 30th child or something like that. Because I know that uh, he is uh, he has a lot of fruit of his loins. So yeah, he's a yeah. gunslinger. He certainly is without the safety off. With the safety off, by the way. <laughs> And uh, yeah, so anyways, I did not watch White Antonio Cromartie on uh, the Manning cast. Oh, man. Okay, sorry. Then there you go. But yeah, the Chargers, I could see it, but they're going to have to get it rolling here pretty soon. Yes. Yep. Uh, speaking of teams that didn't get it rolling, the next game here, we've got the Seahawks 0 at the Jeez. Packers 17. And the first thing is that this is a really rough game for Geno Smith. He goes 20 of 40 for 161 yards, no touchdowns and two picks. Maybe this team will do a little bit better when Russ comes back. Man, are we watched this game. This is oh man, and Chrissy's like, is Russell Wilson this bad? I was like, in this particular game, uh, he is. And then she's like, well, the Packers aren't playing very well either. And I was like, oh no, babe, this is a first to ten kind of game, and the Packers already have ten, so it's over. Like the Seahawks are not coming back in this game. It was three to nothing at halftime. Good, yeah, Lord, yeah. It's it's why red zone exists. Oh. God. Seriously, because a market game like that, fuck me, man. By the way, I don't know if you guys saw this or not, but it's like Aaron Rodgers gets emotional after the win, and I'm like, who fucking cares? I'm like, I don't give yeah. a shit. Is, is that is that a side effect of COVID? Like, why does it matter? <laughs> yeah, they're like, well, you know, missing the game, and he feels bad for misleading people. He fucking doesn't. Let's move on. Yeah. Got yeah. that. Roger uh, that. So just just to be clear, I do know that Geno Smith did not play in this game. It was Russell Wilson. I had to go back mm-hmm. and make sure like four times that I wasn't <laughs> watching Geno Smith, but I wasn't. Uh, Russ is obviously still hurt. Yeah, he does. I mean, he is. missed Tyler Lockett open downfield so many times. A couple picks in the end zone. 
20 of 40. He's like one of the most efficient quarterbacks ever. He he obviously was just was not right. And he probably should not have played in this game. Yeah. How hard was Pete chewing that gum, bro? Oh, he wasn't, by the way. I actually, I actually, wasn't. Figured, yeah, Holy yeah, yeah. That, shit. that was huge. He wasn't chewing gum at one point, And I was like, whoa, he's not chewing gum. And Mike was like, do you think it's because it's too cold? And I was like, this could be why they're playing like absolute dog shit because he's not chewing his cocaine <laughs> gum chewing. or whatever it yeah. is. <laughs> But by the way, Dave, more performances like this from Russ, and we're going to have to start calling him inevitable. So he's got to watch himself a little bit because we can't have two inevitable yeah, quarterbacks on the same roster. Trending, it's trending, I, bro. I almost texted, texted you guys. Russell Wilson is inevitable. Don't do <laughs> we care about <laughs> you, Dave. Don't do point. it. I'm gonna I'm gonna sound I'm gonna sound like Cleve here, but he has too much currency to mm. just. You can't just be one time back from an injury, obviously still hurt, and be getting the inevitable treatment. Like. Cleve would do it to Cleve would do it to Tua. Yeah. In a heartbeat. And Josh Allen. (laughs) And Josh Allen. Yeah. The whole AFC East except for Mac Jones, apparently. They're no white Mike, bro. (laughs) Oh, damn. That's true. None of them are in the Hall of Fame. I forgot. Um, the other note from this game for the Packers is that Aaron Jones has an MCL injury. He's out one to two weeks. Yeah. Their bye is three weeks from now. So you get two more games in their bye. So there's a chance that he's out for, you know, three weeks and he'll come back. That means that it's Aaron, uh, um, Aaron Dillon, uh, um, is that his name? Austin Dillon. What's a- his name? AJ Dillon. Isn't it AJ, AJ Dillon? Whatever. I'm still mad at him for decommitting from Michigan. The point is, is that AJ Dillon is, uh, the man and everybody's going to get to know who he is real quick. Um, he is a tough, tough runner and they never threw the ball to him at Boston college. Uh, Matt, you're an ACC guy. That's because Boston college never threw the ball. Yeah. At all. It turns out that AJ Dillon actually can catch the ball mm-hmm. as well. And this is this this is gonna be something. I am I am excited for this for this young man to get his opportunity. As Cleve says, he is going to help himself. That's correct. There we go. Perfect time okay. of year with Thanksgiving coming up too. <laughs> yeah. The next game here we have the Eagles thirty at the Broncos thirteen. And I only have like three quick notes on this game. The first is that the Eagles have now played consistently across three games. They played the same against the Lions, the Chargers, and the Broncos. They had three wildly different results in all three, but they're playing consistent football now, which is very important for them. Yes. The Broncos are just massive frauds. Yes. Like I cannot believe this team beat Dallas 30 to nothing last week before the Malik Turner touchdowns. And then Ooh. Devontae Smith is here. Four catches, 66 yards, and two touchdowns. And he is smoking dudes like he did at Alabama. He is what Desmond Howard should have been in the NFL. And it is pretty amazing to watch. Yeah. Wow. And you can tell Sirianni's like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, but it's working. So let's keep doing it. Mm-hmm. They're playing consistent and they're not that far out of the playoffs right now. And they got a big game coming up that could actually get them closer to contention. So it's not as laughable as it seems. Yeah. No, no. They are. They are not out of it but they won't be in it at the end but they're they they are a team because they're gonna finish like seven and eleven seven and ten how many games do they play seven and ten yeah and something like that they're gonna have like three picks in the top 12 that they're gonna use and like they're gonna be so trendy next year so please next offseason everybody do not let me pick the eagles to like do something like <laughs> I'm, I'm already trying to not fall into the trap that everybody's going to fall into when they get these three sexy draft picks joining this team. You mean like how you picked the Jaguars to win the AFC South? I didn't pick them. I placed a bet getting odds. There you go. There's a difference. And that was after Carson Wentz went down and before Urban Meyer turned to be a stone disaster. And then I believe you got, they tried to get you out of that bet and you said, no, I'm sticking with it. And then the odds completely tagged on you. So you're, you're in it to win it now. I can still buy out for six cents. Okay. 
Oh, shit. That's good. Hey, I can buy out of my Jets to win the Super Bowl for two cents. Ooh. Ooh, shit. That's good. Man, the room just got chilly. A degree left the room. Holy fuck. I I, I said nice things to you, Dave. I bet I bet two dollars on the Jets to win the Super Bowl when Matt Stafford was on the block, and I thought they might get him. Ah, okay, mm-hmm. okay, all right. Okay. So it was so it was a while ago. I didn't bet it like three weeks ago. It was a while ago. I should probably sell that for the two cents because it's that's probably a steal <laughs> at this point. Um, okay, we got two more games to go. The primetime games: the Chiefs forty-one at the Raiders fourteen. A uh, welcome back, Kansas City. Yep. Okay, clean. Here we go. Stat lines: Mahomes thirty-five of fifty. 405 yards, five touchdowns, and no picks. Tyreek Hill, seven for 83 and two. Travis Kelsey, eight for 119. Uh, the Chiefs are back. <laughs> it's about fucking yeah, time, they, right? Yeah, dude. It, t- it did take a while for them to play like they play like they used to play. Honestly, I think that Mahomes started taking this personally with all this. The Chiefs aren't any good. Mahomes is playing bad because he came in with an attitude in this game and they looked it. And I don't know if they found it permanently, but this is what we're used to seeing from the Chiefs. And Dave and I both thought the Raiders were in a good spot here. Boy, wrong there. But um, the, the Chiefs look like they found what I consider it in quotes. But I'm still not necessarily convinced that they have found it long term yet. I need to see a little bit more from them because the Raiders are very clearly trending downward. Yeah, my next note here is that the Raiders, they might be done. Yeah, yeah. They've gone through yeah, a lot. I mean, like, we have to give them credit. They've gone through a shit ton this season. Yes. It's asking a lot for them to continue to overplay what we thought. I mean, we thought they were going to be bottom five in the league, and they've definitely outperformed our expectations, but I don't think they're going to be able to keep up. And this division is very clearly shifting now. And this was a very big shift for this division with the Chiefs finally taking over. And can they keep yeah. it, though? I mean, they have a huge, huge, huge game coming up, though. Yes. So for the Raiders, we're recording this Wednesday night. And so far this week, nobody's been forced out of the organization for things unrelated to football. So they're winning the week, at least, because it's been a while since they haven't had to throw somebody off the team or out of the building. But yeah, I didn't have much to take away from this game other than that, like the Chiefs looked right. And if the Chiefs had been playing like they should have been, this would have been like just a nothing to talk about game. Right. Mm hmm. The Monday night game, on the other hand, we have the Rams 10 at the 49ers 31, which continues the trend from the week already, where the 49ers, we thought were going to be a lot better than they are, and they catch a better team, and they just absolutely stomp them. And this game was not even close. I mean, the Rams defense, or the 49ers defense bullied the Rams offense. And Jimmy G, who I said could not score more than 21 points in a game for the 49ers, and I apologize, I was wrong. They scored 24 because they had a defensive touchdown. But Jimmy G, 15 of 19 for 182 with two, it's not going to get it done. It's it's just not going to work week in and week out. Debo Samuel, though, five catches, 97 yards and a touchdown. And then George Kittle, five catches, 50 yards and a touchdown. So Jimmy G is effectively getting the ball to his playmakers and the defense played a wonderful game. But I feel like this is a Pyrrhic victory for the 49ers because it's going to convince Kyle Shanahan to stick with Jimmy G. And it also proves our point that any outcome of all these teams playing each other in the NFC West is viable because yep. you could totally see this happening. Uh, but I'll tell you what was great. Somebody in my league inexplicably dropped Debo Samuel like six weeks ago, and I picked him up on the waiver wire, and I was like, thank you very much. And it has wow. been spectacular since I picked him up. And Chrissy was like, 
when did you get Debo Samuel? And I was like, some idiot dropped him on the waiver wire. I don't know why, but they did. And I was immediately there. Like, I was like, oh, I'm taking that. Because everybody else was like, I didn't even know he was there. And I was like, yeah, that's why I'm paying attention. And he's sitting like 30 points every week in my league. Yeah, don't um, don't you guys have a, a can't cut list to prevent stuff like that? We do, but nobody took him high enough for it to be for that for that to be like i don't know what happened all i know is that i was looking for a receiver because i was like i'm not really feeling my my team right now and i saw him there and i was like shit i'm taking him yeah isn't he like the like the wide receiver four in fantasy right now or something yep and he is like my flex option right now oh my god okay well matt's gonna win his league or choke it away in the playoffs one one or the other somebody who might not be winning their league are the the la rams this is now two awful games in a row very awful and they get the bye this week um now Cleve, this is the setup that led me to declare the Bucks to be frauds last year. They got destroyed by Kansas City, and then they went into their bye, and they came out, they beat a bad team, and I was like, I ain't buying it. This team is fraudulent. If I were to declare the Rams to be frauds right now, Cleve, is it too soon? No, it's not too soon. I mean, <clears throat> they they even had Von Miller out there, right? Yeah, yeah. and Odell. And Odell. And Odell. On the Odell thing... I thought on Twitter, and and again, I'm not on Twitter, but I, I watch certain things. It's unfair to say, like, people were saying that they, like, they lost because of Odell or he's a cancer already. I'm like, are you no. fucking, fucking no, kidding ridiculous. me? Yeah, I, I was like, I thought it was like a joke tweet or something, but people were actually saying he got there and the chemistry is off. And I'm like, no, the fucking team looked like shit. Something has changed. I mean, Matt Stafford all of a sudden kind of looks like Carson Wentz again. I don't understand that. Uh, They're they're getting pressure on him. Yeah, and that's the thing is they're not protecting him. And I've said this before. I'll say it again. And I'll say it again after this, too, because it'll come up again. No matter what quarterback you have, I brought this up with Fields. If you can't protect the quarterback, you're going to have a hard time because every quarterback has trouble against pressure, consistent pressure, especially. And remember, what did we say about Justin Fields? He has like points. He had like 0.6 seconds to throw. There's no way he was going to be successful. And even though Matt Stafford has been around a long time and he is a great quarterback in the league, it's still the same thing, especially pressure up the middle, man. Like, and that that's where that pick six last week came from. And I, but I think you're right, Dave. I think Kyle Shanahan is going to stick to his guns on this because he's like, see, look, confirmation bias because it worked this one time. It'll work for the rest of the season. And that's not their future. Like, that's the weird part is how does he not know that this isn't their future? And I just don't understand it. Okay, so looking forward to this coming week's games. We've got a few good ones for various reasons on the schedule here, starting with Thursday night where the Patriots are at the Falcons. Now, Matt, last week you said that this that the Falcons were a trap game for the Cowboys. Do you feel the same this week? These games always make me feel a little bit uneasy only because it's a short week. And again, you're, it's a road game for the Patriots. I mean, yeah, for the Patriots and Mac Jones. But I still feel like despite all that, maybe they'll come out a little bit slow right and have to kind of get their wits about them again it's a it's a short week it's a very winnable game for them and i do think that ultimately they will win but i could see them looking kind of like ass in the first half and then kind of coming out and and overcoming because i think that the falcons i mean right now the falcons don't really have any weapons especially if cordero patterson's going to be out Pitts is really their only option right now and so mm-hmm. and belichick loves to take away your favorite weapon so if they take away Pitts, they're going to have to rely on what mike davis uh, russell gage right Olamide Zacchaeus to, to win and I just don't know if that's going to be able to do it against the way that the Patriots defense has been playing 
yeah, no, I uh, I completely agree with you. I don't think that the Patriots should struggle too much here. Um, I mean, I think it'll be a game that goes into the second half, maybe even into the fourth quarter, but yeah. I think the Patriots should be able to handle this. We got the Ravens at the Bears, so the Ravens have a chance to get right uh, mm-hmm. against the Bears. They got two good running quarterbacks there. Uh, Packers are at the Vikings, throw it to Jefferson. Uh, the Colts are lining up to get exposed. They are at Buffalo. Yeah, I feel like, and this is, again, the game that they have to win right because if they want to make it into the playoffs they got to beat the afc teams but if they somehow were to win and all of a sudden would the patriots be in first place in the afc east which i I never would have seen that happening because i think the bills are what six and three yeah something like that something like that i just don't see it though i feel like i actually had wentz uh to to start him because i i I think stafford's on by this week and i was like you know what i think i'm gonna start somebody else because the bills i feel like are gonna expose him big time and we saw what he looked like against tennessee which is not a great defense yep no i uh, i completely agree lions at the browns as previously mentioned an absolute must win for uh for cleveland so i would love the lions to win that game because cleveland fans are mostly ohio state fans and so i want bad things for them but dave does this not feel like a good chance for the lions right now because they've got the browns kind of on the ropes right now especially if keenan plays i do not think so i actually think this is more likely to be a browns get right spot okay but it's definitely in the range of outcomes that the lions can can win this game here like reasonably like the lions win this game like 30 percent of the time okay yeah so um so it it could happen but like also another 30 percent of the time the browns win 44 to 6 yeah very true so um we have Washington at the Panthers, which means that Cam Newton and the Panthers are hosting Ron Rivera. Yeah, and I think Cam should be starting this week because I think they want to get him up to speed. So this will be a good uh, indication of how they're going to use him because they used him in goal line, obviously, to get him acclimated. But if we get a full complement of Cam, I guess we'll see what you know what we get from him because I know Cleve was very, very excited about the fact that Cam looked like cam again but very small sample size and is he going to be able to do that throughout the entirety of the season right especially if McCaffrey's back like how do they weave him in there we'll see exactly uh the Titans are going to hold on to the number one seed in the AFC because they host the Texans go Tyrod come on Tyrod one time just one one time Tyrod I'm not asking Um, for a whole lot I mean they beat the Jags which was fantastic if they can beat the Titans I'll be feeling really good that would be that would be great speaking of the Jags they host the 49ers so Jimmy G's going to win another one. You know, I don't know. Like, I could totally see your point being proven here and Jimmy G looking like absolute ass in Jacksonville. Yeah, but they'd still win 13-3. and three. Yeah, they probably would be like 13-9 to nine or some bullshit like that. It would be the kind of game that we'd be like, oh, thank God Red Zone exists. Right, exactly. Uh, Dolphins at Jets. So uh, Cleves to a trash talk. First, he trash talks to Josh Allen, walks in, wallops the Jets. He's been trash talking to us since the kid was at Alabama. And he is about to put it on the Jets. I'm calling it right now. We're talking 303 from Tua in this game. And I think the Jets are starting Flacco. So that should be they interesting. Are. Yes. So if you need a quarterback to start to put, replace uh, Stafford, Tua is a good option. But so is Kim Newton, who's probably still available. Yeah. Uh, the Saints are at the Eagles. If the Eagles play consistently like they have been, they're going to win this game. And they're that vaults them right into the playoffs. I mean, right into yep. the hunt, at least. Yep. The Bengals are at the Raiders, and so this could be that could be the nail in the coffin for the Raiders. Yeah, and what we need to see from the Bengals is them actually getting right because five and two they look great. Lose to the Jets, okay, that happens. Then they look really bad against the Browns. So coming off a bye, they have yep. to beat the Raiders, who are reeling right now. And again, this is another one where these two teams are technically in the hunt at the you know having the same record, and they you need these 
these tiebreakers. You just need them. Yep. Yep. The Bengals and the Rams are actually in the same position right now. Yeah, they are. Five and four, two bad losses going into their bye. Yep. Uh, then we have the game, the game of the week, the Cowboys at the Chiefs. All the yards, all the points. Let's go. Yeah, I, I, I really like this one. And again, I said that the Chiefs had a big game coming up, but this is my take on it. I feel like this is actually more a bigger game for the Cowboys to prove to us that they can they can put it on a team, especially on the road. Show us what you got. I know they had the game against the Patriots, but if the Chiefs have found something now, this is a huge game for them. Like, let's put it on and, and see what we got. And, you know, it should be fun. But again, we will see if the Chiefs have actually found it long term because they're going to need to put up some points to beat the Cowboys. Yeah, no, I uh, I totally agree with that. The Cardinals are at the Seahawks. Kyler should be back for this game. I have a feeling that if the Super Bowl was last week, he would have played. Yes. So I think that uh, now they're biased the week after, but this is too big of a game in, in the division. If he can go, he's going to go. Not to mention they've lost too much now because at this point they've lost the home field. So they have yes. to get that back and he's going to have to play for them to get it. Yep, absolutely. And uh, hopefully Russ comes back this week after missing the last, the last few weeks. But um, Seahawks are buried, right? Like there's no, there's not really any hope, they, right? They aren't because, no, because they're three and six. But remember the Panthers are the seventh seed. So five losses is on the seventh seed right now. True. So the, the Seahawks are not out of this thing by, by any stretch, but they are three and seven might be might be pushing it so this might be a must-win spot for seattle here right uh sunday night we got the steelers at the chargers i mean if the chargers are going to be who we think they are they gotta they gotta handle this especially if mason rudolph is going to be starting again and again steelers are technically in the playoffs even though i said that they wouldn't make the playoffs i still stand by that by the way and chargers gonna need to win this game because you need to start knocking these teams out. Like, we got to see some of these teams out of the hunt. I don't want to see the Colts, the Raiders, the Steelers. I want them out. So these teams need to start beating them so I don't have to deal with them anymore. Yep, and then the Monday night game, uh, a couple years ago, I went to Rome. I went to the Coliseum, and it was awesome. But I thought to myself, like, were these people barbaric for wanting to come to the stadium and just watch an absolute slaughter and watch this happen to these poor people? Anyways, the Giants are at the Bucks, and I'll be watching. Danny Dimes is going to go out there with Kadarius Tony and uh, lose forty to ten. <laughs> I have Man, also been to the Coliseum. It's one. It was a wonderful experience. Yeah. So uh, one thing that I learned there real quick is that so I'm like looking at the seats or whatever because I'm in the Coliseum and I'm like <laughs> I'm trying to read these letters that are under the seats and I'm like this isn't making any sense. Then I realize it's Roman numerals and I'm yeah. looking at seat numbers and. The way that we get into stadiums now where you get your gate and then your section and then your row and your seat number yeah. was invented at the Coliseum and we've literally never changed it. Nope. That is bonkers to me. It's actually bonkers. One of the things I took away from going to Europe was how much of what we utilize today in terms of like, you know, uh, paradigms, I guess, of things like like this is how much of that came from like ancient times that spread way, 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 way back. And we just take it for granted because we've never asked. Like, nobody's ever asked, why is it this way? Why is this the way that we find our seats? And we just fucking go to the seats like little lemmings. We look for our gates and we, or, or if we feel like having, a, we feel like making somebody's day, we give an usher a buck or two to take us to our seat and wipe it down. Um, and we've never, ever, ever asked. And that's one of those things that has been there for so long. Maybe because of the fact that it was uncomfortable that we were sending other human beings to go do that stuff is maybe why i've never brought it up but fun stuff can you imagine how long the ticket would be if it was all in roman numerals though good lord <laughs> and 
get like carved into stone or whatever. Oh god, yeah, like the Flintstones. <laughs> Although I'd have to get like the chart out because I'd be like, oh shit, MC. Like, what is that? And then imagine if you did that thing, like check your tickets, though. If you've won, if you're in this section, you'd be like, oh, not again. And but then if you showed up and like tried to teach them Arabic numerals, it'd yeah. be easier. You'd end up in the bottom of the Coliseum fighting the lions. Hundred percent correct be like salem witch stuff they'd be like all right you're going to fight and they'd be like this shit and uh, we're not talking about the detroit lions you would lose to these lions correct real lions like what dan campbell wants to have in practice (laughs) all right do you have any uh good good stories for us today so it's not a good story it's a good stat and i said i was going to read it during the lions talk but i i saved it for this part so apparently this is true with panthers beating the cardinals it was another cat team versus bird team game, which I love shit like this. Apparently, the all-time series is tied 209, 209, and 10. However, if the Lions didn't exist, the cat teams would be absolutely destroying the bird teams. <laughs> it's so stupid, but it also made me laugh out loud because it's like, my, my so funny correlation, Dave. So my wife hates birds, okay? Chrissy absolutely hates birds. And every year that goes by that the playoff field is there and she looks and she's like, all right, good, no bird teams. And one year she just says to me, she's like, I just can't with these fucking bird teams. So this stat made me laugh out loud because she hates like falcons, ravens, uh, seahawks. Like she just doesn't like any of them because she just, she hates birds that much. And I thought I saw this stat, but then that, that, the thing about the lions wasn't in that it was in the comment section underneath and somebody said imagine if the lions didn't exist and i busted out laughing because i was like wow never considered that but the cat teams would be up by like some ridiculous thing because if you take the lions all-time record out of that it's ridiculous that is that is absolutely absurd well we here <laughs> are king cat so <laughs> yes go uh go oh, go man. lions go Bengals, go panthers uh yeah, I've never even considered the cats versus the bird teams, but now I'll never not think about it. And I would actually love to set up like a fantasy league mm-hmm. where you could only draft players like either from the cat teams or from the bird teams or I don't know, we'll create two other categories and, I, and do it. I love shit like that. It was like when I discovered Scorigami, like that was instant crack because um, yeah. I just love it when it happens. Stupid stats like that. And it's like, the fact that they're even in record, but then somebody in the comment section, I have to imagine that they were a Lions fan, right? Who was like, imagine if the Lions yeah. didn't exist. And I was like, oh, wow. Like, that's just, oof. Um, but man, I don't know, it just made me laugh. So I felt like it was positive just because, I mean, it made you laugh out loud too. Like trying not to um, ruin the show by laughing off to the side. It was just hilarious. So I picked that up. I didn't see anything in the news this week that was like, real feel-good stuff um like you know there's a lot the nfl obviously does a lot with their you know weekly awards that they give out and so forth but i didn't see anything that really jumped out on the page to me as far as something like overly positive i'm sure we'll have a lot of them coming up though with the holidays and such because a lot of these uh a lot of these players have charities and they they generally tend to at least seem like they're doing good work by going to a soup kitchen or doing something like that and uh, that's you know what they should be doing with their time they make a bazillion dollars so Pick up a pick up a ladle at a soup kitchen and serve some homeless people. Yeah, no, I think it's a good idea. I was just scrolling through the upcoming week again to see if we had any cat versus bird teams to try to break this tie. Because that's a bet. Yeah, but there isn't one this week. Yeah. So 
Um, we should add that. Why don't we talk just real quick? I'm, I'm scrolling through. Uh, no, no, no. The Dolphins aren't birds, are they? No. Falcons, Jaguars, they week go. 12. Oh, that's going to be so bad. Oh. <laughs> it is. Bird uh, that's going to be. Bird team's going to take the lead. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. No. Um, Oof. Yeah, we're going to have to. We're actually. That's it. That's the only one. The Falcons versus the Jags to break the all time cat versus bird team tie. When is that? What week is that? 12. So not this coming. So it's the Sunday after Thanksgiving. We should have a live watch party. Cat versus bird break the tie. And nobody will have a fucking clue what we're talking about because they've never listened to the show and didn't hear this part. <laughs> I feel like you guys are having a live watch party for the playoffs. No, it's bird versus uh, bird versus cat. Like we got to break this tie. That means somebody went and did all that math too, by the way. Like somebody went through the entire annals of the NFL and found all of that stuff. Like how many games could there possibly be every season? Well, clearly enough. So yeah. Anyway, um, this was a, an interesting week. I felt like you and I were in lockstep on the kind of like themes for the week. A lot of get yep. right games. Uh, a lot of teams that we thought were good, like losing in weird spots, but it's going to happen. It's the NFL. They're professionals. And I still believe that the talent disparity from the Super Bowl winning team to the last place team really isn't all that much. And a lot of these teams are winning in the margins. One bounce here, another bounce there could be the difference between what used to be 10 and 6 and 6 and 10. And you're going to get outcomes like this no matter what happens. So um, good breakdown, though, this week. I think we have a lot to look to. I mean, it seems like there's a lot of teams in the hunt right now, which there was again last year. And they're going to they're going to start separating out really, really quickly. Like, yeah, know, this is Thanksgiving's about the time when. Yeah. Some of the frauds really start to start to fade away. And I'm sure you're so looking forward to the Lions losing again on Thanksgiving, which is like. I, I'm not. I'm looking forward to the Lions getting the first one of the season on Thanksgiving, believe it or not. Were they playing? I forget. Chicago. That could be interesting. And you get to see the quarterback of the future for your Detroit Lions play for the Chicago Bears. So that'll be a whole lot of fun for you, I'm sure. So we got a lot to look forward to, Dave. I uh, had a good time. Cleve had to bail on us again. We're doing this late at night, which is not ideal for all of us because uh, most of us work early in the morning and we got other stuff to do, but we're doing the best we can to keep the show on. And I was able to get through the show without having a coughing fit on air, Dave. You should be proud of me. All those Werther's originals really paying off uh, after. No, that, you know. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. Uh, be sure to get the chewable next time. Yeah, well, so anyway, uh, before we let you go, though, of course, connect with the show. Instagram, Political Football Podcast is the handle. Twitter, Maddie S. Media is the handle. And MattySmedia.com for all the other shows. One day, Dave will have his own show. And uh, we will get Dave out there giving advice to the masses uh, without taking any of the responsibility. And to me, I think that that is a lot of fun. So, Dave, uh, thanks for taking Wait, I'm going to get a job on Fox News. Oh, you could, I guess. Well, no, that's not true. Um, you'll just get a, a gambling show in which you will make sure to caveat the hell out of all of the content that you were giving. I'm not responsible for your kid's college fund. And by the way, Justin Jefferson needs to get the ball more. So um, we don't have to say fuck off Mike Zimmer this week because he actually did it. So we're going to leave you on a positive note. Thanks for listening this week. Uh, make sure to check out all the other shows and tune in with us each week. So Dave, thanks a lot, buddy. And uh, talk to you later. See ya. The opinions and viewpoints expressed on political football are those of Cleve, Dave, and Matty Ice, and not necessarily those of the Matty Ice Media Network. Political football is exclusively owned by Cleve, Dave, and Matty Ice and is brought to you by the Matty Ice Media Network.